Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. (laughs) Today's episode of The Other Stories is... Repossession, written by Georgia Cook and narrated by Josh Curran. I need your services. Henry froze, toothbrush half raised to his lips. It was just after dawn on Tuesday morning, sunlight filtered through the bathroom blinds, bathing the world in watery yellow. I need your services, his mouth repeated with a twinge of irritation. Henry blinked at his reflection in the bathroom mirror. There was no denying it now. It was his own voice coming from his own mouth, but he hadn't spoken. Sorry, he asked. Your services, snapped his mouth. You are a lawyer, yes? Henry nodded. It was just over a year since he'd passed the bar. A year of endless meetings and paperwork, his dreaded inbox filling each day with emails he had no hope of taming. Perhaps he'd finally cracked, sunken into the arms of a blessed mental breakdown. Not before time. I've been evicted, his mouth continued. Henry set down his toothbrush with trembling hands. Evicted? He managed. Yes! Idiot! 
Henry's mouth twisted into a sneer. Kicked out! Removed! Cast aside! Henry pulled himself upright, trying to wring dignity from his own sleep-ruffled reflection. I'm dreadfully sorry, he said, but I don't employ hallucinations, not without an appointment. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like a coffee before I call the ambulance. Do not mock me, human! His reflection's eyes flashed red, his mouth stretching into a moor of needle-sharp fangs. Henry staggered backwards, smacking his leg against the bathtub. His knee exploded with pain. If this was a dream, it was horribly tangible. Henry peered, bleary-eyed, at his reflection. Can I ask uh, who you are? He managed, for, uh, for client purposes. He felt his shoulders straighten, a strange sensation even without the throbbing knee. I am Melton, announced his mouth. Grand demon of hell, lord of chaos, keeper of the flames. Henry wondered why a grand demon could only afford an overworked middle grade lawyer. And what is your problem, Mr. Melton? He asked. I have been evicted from the body granted to me by infernal contract, robbed of a soul I was promised. Henry's reflection grinned nastily. You are going to get it back for me. Henry pinched the bridge of his nose in his tiny office across the flat. There were documents, forms, reels of emails waiting to send, and now there was... this. And my fee? he asked. His mouth twisted into a smile of unutterable delight. Oh, I'm sure we can think of something. It was a part of town Henry didn't recognise. A street occupied by tall, white-walled townhouses and rambling gardens. Henry had opted to take the bus. He had no intention of discovering Melton's vigour behind the wheel of his battered blue mini, sitting in miserable silence as he missed his 10 o'clock, 10.30 and 11 o'clock appointments. His phone buzzed. He ignored it. Melton's directions led Henry to the wide, red-painted door of number 43. He steeled himself, ignoring his expression in the door's lion-head knocker, and knocked. A woman answered the door. She was younger than Henry expected, with a shock of crimson hair and a small, diamond-piercing glinting in her nose. She stared at him in surprise, and for the first time, Henry wondered how he must look, wide-eyed and frazzled in his crumpled suit and knotted tie. Um, Laura Parks? he asked. The girl nodded suspiciously. Yeah? Uh, my name is Henry Sinclair. May I come in? Laura moved to block the doorway. Why? What's this about? Uh, I am a lawyer. I'm uh, here on behalf of a client. Laura's eyes narrowed. Client? Um, uh, Henry glanced over his shoulder. 
If there was ever a time to snap out of his breakdown, it was now. A, a uh, Mr. Melton. To his surprise, a flicker of recognition crossed Laura's face. Oh, she said, him. Ha <laughs> Henry's mouth crowed suddenly. She remembers me, see? Henry slapped a hand over his mouth. Laura sighed and opened the door for him. You'd better come in then, she said. Henry slipped gratefully into the hall, a thing of thick cream carpets and shining light fixtures. Laura closed the door behind him and turned, arms folded. What's he said to you? she asked, as if they were merely discussing an irritated neighbour, not the current second occupant of Henry's vocal cords. Uh, Henry blinked. Were there protocols for demonic repossession? Could it be filed under small claims? How could he represent a bodiless client? Uh, he said he'd been evicted, he managed, from, well, uh, from his body. Laura snorted. <laughs> oh yeah, thought I'd try that one. Uh, listen, are you... My housemates are out. Laura waved a hand. Don't worry, we all do the ritual stuff. The... Henry blinked, struggling to maintain a handle on the conversation. Laura motioned him down the hall. Come on! She led the way to a door beneath the stairs, then down a flight of narrow wooden steps into the basement. Wait here, she said at the bottom step, then flicked on the lights. Henry blinked in the sudden brightness. The cellar was wide and spacious, tasteful cream wallpaper mingled with painted beams to create an atmosphere that might almost have been cosy. Henry stared. A vast red pentagram covered the floor. Eldritch signals seared the tasteful cream walls. Books bound in suspiciously tan leather littered the floor, some thrown open to reveal pages of crimson handwriting. A smell like old copper hung in the air, mixed with perfume. Unconcerned by the decor, Laura walked to the back of the cellar and knelt beside a large, dark wood chest. It opened with a creak, revealing stacks of bundled paper. Melton, Melton, she murmured, flicking through the contents. Oh, it's so hard to remember which demons did what. Henry stared over her shoulder. Uh, you've done this more than once? he asked. Laura shrugged. Only when, you know, she waved vaguely. We've got little jobs to do, chores. Chores? Uh, window washing this time, if I remember correctly. The girl shot him a look. We had an agreement. I signed his bloody contract, she added. He's just sore he didn't read it properly. She leaned over the chest. Let me see. I know I've got it here somewhere. Ah! From the depths, she produced a long, yellowing scroll. She unrolled it, examined the contents, then handed it to Henry. He stared at it. Neat lines of indecipherable text covered the page. Despite himself, Henry was impressed. As legal documents went, it was fiendish. See? Laura pointed to the bottom of the page, where the fine print ended at a signature in disconcertingly burgundy ink. Over the lavish black scrawl, someone had added an extra clause in what looked like pink biro. They always think they can get one over on us, as if we don't read the stupid things. It's a public service, really. She flashed Henry a grin. Imagine thinking you could fool a House of Law students. 
Henry stared at her, caught between respect and mild horror. You changed the contracts? he asked. When they're not looking. Usually they're too busy gloating. It's all there, see? Henry's mouth moved soundless as he read the text. Uh, may I have a moment to confer with my client? he asked at last. Laura shrugged. Sure. Henry turned away. The corners of his mouth twisted uncomfortably. It's a technicality. You can't change a demonic contract. Tell her. You're supposed to be a lawyer. And on whose authority was the contract drawn? Henry asked, wrestling back control of his mouth. The authority of hell, of course. Henry sighed. I'm sorry, he said. While Miss Parks may have invalidated the document in question, she does not, in fact, owe you her body or soul. I was tricked, duped, humiliated. You failed to read your own contract, Mr. Melton. A contract, might I add, overseen by no legal authority. He paused and corrected himself. An earthly authority. He turned and handed the scroll back to Laura, feeling the torrent of curse words building on the back of his tongue. Sorry for bothering you, Miss Parks. Laura followed him to the door. First time? She asked, flashing a sympathetic smile. Uh, With demons, I mean. Henry nodded. They're not that bad, really, she said, once you get used to them. Henry decided not to mention that he had no intention of getting used to Melton, or any other demon for that matter. He was very much looking forward to getting sole possession of his mouth back. Laura must have noticed his expression, because she leaned forward conspiratorially as she ushered him out. You just have to work out what scares them, she said. What really makes them squirm? Then they'll do anything you like. Then she closed the door before Henry could ask anything more. Henry spent the bus ride home, waiting for Melton to come roaring up his vocal cords, but his mouth remained silent. For a moment, he almost believed the demon had gone, sulking back to whatever corner of hell he occupied, fooled by bright, if lazy, law students and the inexactitude of infernal contracts. Christ, he was way out of his depth. Henry made it back to his flat without incident made himself a sandwich from the sad remains in his fridge, and sat down tentatively at his desk. He stared at his phone, at the towering mountain of his in-tray, the laptop he'd hidden in his desk drawer. A familiar dread settled in his stomach, far removed from demonic threats. Something buzzed at the back of his throat, small and irritated, like a trapped wasp. A familiar sneer twisted Henry's lips. Henry sighed. Hello, Melton. You failed, snapped his mouth. You had her, and you failed. You breached her contract, said Henry. I don't care what I breached. You were supposed to fix it. Henry resisted the urge to roll his eyes. He wasn't quite prepared for the sensation of having them unrolled for him. The things I could do as a lawyer, whispered his mouth. The havoc I could wreak. Henry paused. Hold on, 
he said. We never agreed. Oh, this isn't an agreement. His mouth twisted into a grin. I think full possession is a fair price for your failure. Henry drew himself upright. And if I say no? The grin widened. I'll knot your intestines into pleasing patterns. I'll dance on the inside of your eyeballs while you sleep. I'll drive you mad with whispers and screams until you'll do anything for the sweet release of death. His reflection sat back profoundly. What do you say to that? Henry sat a while, listening to the rain dumb against the window panes, thinking of the leak he'd have to fix in the morning, the forms he still had to file. Finally, he asked, Did you say full possession? Don't you dare fight it, his reflection hissed. You owe me. Henry nodded slowly. Oh yes, and I'm certain you owe me too. He leaned forward and slid open his desk drawer, taking out his slim silver laptop. (laughs) Calling for help, his mouth sneered. In this weather, wouldn't dream of it. Henry tapped in his password. The screen flickered to life. His dreaded inbox stared from the front page. Fifty new messages since he'd last checked. Henry sat back. What do you know about emails? he asked. His mouth faltered. Uh, About... What? Emails, said Henry. Clients, triplicate consent forms. He smiled at his reflection. Suddenly, his conversation with Laura Hall made a lot more sense. If you're taking over my life, you might as well know how to run it properly. Find out what really makes them squirm. I will do what I want with your life. Now the voice sounded uncertain. Do not mock me. Oh, Henry shook his head. And when my colleagues notice how strangely I'm acting, how will you convince them not to call an exorcist? I... Again, his voice faltered. I I would... uh, I... Henry slapped a hand across his in-tray, smiling wolfishly as his reflection began to pale. And now, he said, why don't I tell you all about paperwork? I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Repossession was written by Georgia Cook, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Andrew K.N. and Tom Robson, and sound effect provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And of course to Ben Errington for doodling all over the internet in the name of social media. Georgia Cook is an illustrator and writer from London. She's the winner of the LISP 2020 Flash Fiction Prize and has been shortlisted for the Britport Prize, Stormwatch Book Prize and Reflex Fiction Award, among others. She can be found on Twitter at, at Georgia Cooked and on her website at georgiacookwriter.com. Josh Curran is a narrator and writer. He's narrated many episodes of The Other Stories over the show's lifetime. He's also the creator of the horror audio drama podcast, Miscreation. You can follow him on Twitter at at jcurrenwriter. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it. 
don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.